really nice to see you this morning and uh, we're continuing with the um, confidence series, the Lent series that we've been looking at stage by stage and uh, this, the title for today's talk is Confidence Through Consistent Spiritual Practices, which I must admit when I first saw it, seemed a little bit dry because <laughs> this uh, you know, consistent spiritual practices phrase, it's sort of like, yes, we know that we, we need to, to do it, but um, maybe it's, it's not that appealing just when we see it as a statement like that. And uh, I will certainly be alluding to uh, the, the passage that, um, that uh, Nigel mentioned um, uh, in, in Matthew 7, about uh, the wise man building his house upon the rock, but there will be other things that I hope to bring out. I'm just going to pray for a minute. Um, Lord, I really pray that everything I say today will be of you, and if it's not, I pray that only the bits that are of you will remain in people's minds. I want to give you all the glory, Lord, today in um, bringing this word to this lovely group of people who are assembled here. Amen. Consistency is practising, being consistent through practice. I chose a few pictures here, uh, two obviously of uh, sports people practising, being diligent in their running, in their training for football. And I rather like that picture of, uh, I couldn't decide whether it was a bored girl with a, the elbow on one part of the piano, looking intently at the music in front of her. I, I wasn't sure whether she was sort of right, really, really concentrating or partly bored. I think a bit of both, actually. And that did remind me of myself. Uh, as um, I, I started to learn to play the piano when I was nine, and um, my mother would shoo me into the living room, where, which is where the, the piano was, you know, it wasn't a quiet room where I could be by myself. And she'd say, get on with your practice, Joan, and don't mess around, she'd say. Because I used to, <coughs> excuse me, even at that age, I was into sort of like twiddling around and making up my own tunes. She didn't consider that to be practice. That was me messing around. So get in there, do your practice. And... Uh, don't you think that, that keeping a consistent level of practice is hard? We all uh, want to lead a consistent, disciplined life, whether it's in our human, uh, everyday lives or in our Christian lives, if we want to delineate the two, um, distinguish the two. But how many people make New Year's resolutions, for example, to eat more healthily, drink less alcohol, do more exercise. Most people start off with the very best of intentions, but sadly don't last the course. And being consistent certainly leads to greater confidence, doesn't it? You know, I've already alluded to my um, piano playing. I've got I have times when I get a real passion to focus on a particular piece, classical or otherwise, and I have a run of regularly practising it. Claire de Lune by Debussy is one, okay? It's still very much a work in progress. I did actually perform it once. Oh, I was terribly nervous about doing that. And I got it to a really good standard. 
But that was my benchmark. If I think, Joan, you need to get going again on playing, practicing properly, as my mother would call it, then I, I go back to that piece because that was like a, a standard that I, I got that to a standard that I was happy with. It wasn't perfect, but it was, was decent. And uh, I, I'm certainly more confident when I've put myself through the ropes, when I've done that sort of thing. I remember someone years ago from the church saying, whatever gift you've got, it needs to be honed. And this was from someone who, from outset in my experience, was a superb musician. And I thought to myself, why on earth would you need to bother honing that gift? Because it's already brilliant. But there is always another step you can take, another place you can go. And our gifts are from God. But here we're we're going to be talking about consistency in in spiritual practices, which I'll come on to in a minute. So we're not specifically talking about gifts, but we're talking about the regular walk with God. I just want to allude to something else, uh, which I know a few of you will will, uh, sympathise with, will empathise with, and that is um, being a teacher. And um, as a teacher of languages, I've consistently told students and parents alike that regular, consistent practice of grammar and vocabulary will build confidence, will pay dividends. Because lots of students, particularly for languages, I would say, but probably for other subjects, seem to think that they can absorb all they need to know by osmosis or some miraculous process the night before an exam. And it doesn't work like that. If you do it in little pockets of different areas of vocabulary and you you learn things consistently and regularly, you're in a much better place to be successful. I mean, students at school think that I woke up one day speaking French and Spanish. They have, really, you look at the look of incredulity on their faces when I say, no, I was like you. I learned how to form verbs. I learned vocabulary. It was hard graft. Um, some even say, Miss, are you French? Are you Spanish? So no, I come from Cheshire. Where's that? <laughs> they don't know where Cheshire is, so we're not, <laughs> we're not on a, a very good uh, starting point there. And uh, I did ask um, Liz to ask Pete Tollett, that is, if I could allude to him. We know how good Pete is at running. But is it because he is just innately a good runner? Well, there'll be some of that. But the amount of practice he puts in. Do you know, I can be driving to school. I, I, I work in, in Brentwood two days a week. And sometimes, I, this is sort of like eight o'clock in the morning, Pete's coming back from his run. And I think, I'm just starting out on my day. And Pete has done a run. can't imagine how long it is, but... He would probably consider it a bit of a warm-up, but I would think it was a marathon. <laughs> so, if, if you are consistent and regular with your pra- practice in these sort of matters, how much more do we need to be consistent and regular in our devotion to God and his word in coming before him? And... Um, 
Of course, what we're looking at this morning is consistency in spiritual practices that will result in confidence, that grounding that will lead us to be strong in Christ, to know who we are in him, to be sure of the foundation we have with him, in him, as our cornerstone. It's great that we sang that earlier on. So let's look at what Jesus himself said about the best way of building a strong, confident spiritual life. I'm going to read out this passage now. Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So let's focus on what the wise man did. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds beat and blew, winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So what are these words of mine that Jesus is talking about here? Jesus gave this parable, this story, after the Sermon on the Mount, when he covered so many aspects of the way in which we, the children of the kingdom, should lead our lives. Revolutionary teaching, wasn't it? Which spoke of people not being privileged because they are in the upper echelons of society, but because they are at the bottom receiving God's grace and favour the reverse of what man generally values in the world. He spoke of us allowing Christ's light to shine out of us. He spoke about how we should be dealing with each other, how we should resist temptation, how we should conduct ourselves when praying, and how we should treat the poorest in society. He told us how to address God in giving us what's known as the Lord's Prayer. So these are the words that Jesus is speaking about. And it goes, goes on in the heart that reveals where our true devotion to God lies. This is sort of a manifesto for the kingdom and a challenge to have our values and assumptions realigned to God's ways. So it isn't a mere children's story. However much we enjoyed singing that song, which was great, okay, this is a call to take up Jesus' radical teaching and apply it to our daily lives, and a warning for those who hear it, but then choose to ignore it. 
A life following Jesus in which we hear his words and put them into practice is a rich life, but it requires discipline and isn't without pain and struggle. To quote Eugene Peterson, being a disciple calls for a long obedience in the same direction. What does it mean for us to consistently put Jesus' words into practice, to build the houses of our lives on the solid rock that is Jesus? Well, training for a race, as we've already alluded to, running requires consistent practice. And you may well have blisters, injuries and disappointment on the way. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble in John 16.33. In Matthew 5, verse 45, he says, He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So we need the discipline of a daily submission to God to strengthen ourselves. And let's face it, Jesus himself showed us the need to be alone with the Father. In Luke 5, verse 16, we read, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray in seclusion. So why would we not consider it even more of a necessity to spend quality time with him? But what can we do consistently as an individual? Well, we can pray regularly. We can pray frequently. We're called to pray at all times, aren't we? In all situations. And we can read our Bibles regularly. If it's two verses in the morning, if it's a whole passage of Scripture, if we've got more time, but it's the regular submission of ourselves to the Word of God, to the voice of God, that's important, isn't it? And we can spend some time in solitude with him, with nothing else distracting us. A walk, just sitting in a chair, maybe watching something on the television, a nature programme that will just remind us of the beauty of God in creation, of his presence all around us. For as long as people have been following Jesus, spiritual practices have shaped and sustained Christians. Practices like daily and even hourly prayer, Bible reading and taking time for contemplation and reflection on our thoughts and actions. These are practices which which Christians throughout history have benefited from and we can too when we weave them into the pattern of our lives. For me, if it's a a work day, I haven't got much more of my working life left in that way. Um, Sometimes, uh, if I don't get very long in the morning, um, I will go to to work in the car and uh, very often have um, a CD there that I can play. At the moment, it's an artist called Lucy Grimble, who you may know or may not know. Um, She's one of my current favourites. And um, I I always find uh, that I'm uplifted by listening to one of her songs as I'm driving along. And I use it as an opportunity to pray as well. 
And sometimes I, I say to God, I'm sorry God, you've got the same prayers today that you had yesterday. But does that matter? It's a question of, of, of making myself, ourselves, vulnerable to God and um, placing ourselves in that uh, place of infilling to every day um, because that is the place where he um, can visit us and he can impart himself to us through the Holy Spirit. So, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> just have a little drop of water. Sadly, spiritual disciplines such as regularly setting aside time for Bible reading and prayer have been in major decline in the church for many years. Discipleship involves more than just spiritual disciplines. It covers our whole lives and all our actions. But if we are to live faithfully and confidently, our discipleship must include them. I don't know whether any of you have come across the book by Richard J. Foster, A Celebration of Discipline. It's quite an old book, actually. And I have to say, the, 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 the cover might, might put you off um, because of that word discipline. Um, he advocates spiritual growth through meditation, prayer, fasting, study, simplicity, solitude, submission, service, confession, worship, guidance and celebration. Quite a long list. Okay, and um, if you can get past that, what he's actually showing is that these disciplines lead not to a boring life of restriction and missing out, but a life of balance, freedom and celebration of Christ, a grounding in the Bible and in Jesus himself. And one thing he says is that God has ordained the disciplines of spiritual life as the means by which we place ourselves where he can bless us. Let me read that again. God has ordained the disciplines of the spiritual life as the means by which we can place ourselves where he can bless us. We let go of ourselves in humbling ourselves before God and he lifts us up. Another thing he says is this, of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. When we give some regular time to praying, reading the Bible, contemplating and reflecting, we get a greater sense of who we are in Christ and place ourselves at the refuelling depot a fresh opening of ourselves to the Holy Spirit to come into our daily lives. One of the the songs that we we had yesterday uh, at our uh, Worship Away Day was uh, a new one to me, and I think to to most people it's one that, that Wayne has used before. New Wine, it's called. And uh, it's all about humbling ourselves before God. And the chorus or the bridge goes, is when there is new wine, when there's new infilling of the Holy Spirit, there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flames to carry your new flame, your new fire today. And that's 
what we're doing, isn't it, when we are waiting on God. We sang earlier, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. And we also sang, um, you provide for all you have made. We're lifting up our hands, we're lifting up our voices. And in that, we are being reunited with who we are in Christ and his power in us. So out of this sacrifice comes security and confidence. And we can realise afresh who we are in Christ. I am born again, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for God's purpose through the living and everlasting word of God. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works that he has prepared for me to do. I am an ambassador for Christ. I am part of a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. Just the few verses that that underline who we are in Christ. And as uh, we we did in earlier in the surf in in the service, we as we're waiting on God, are reminded of, about who God is and how that strength that we so need comes from Him and not from ourselves. Listen to the wording of these verses from Colossians. Being rooted in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting the character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin. (coughs) having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Being deeply rooted in him and being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith. This is an active work, isn't it? It's not a one-off. It's something that is, is going on daily. It's not a dry experience. When we come to him uh, as regularly as we can, and consistently as we can, we are being built up into the body of Christ. In 2022, LICC, the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, which is what this, uh, the, where this series has come from, uh, they conducted research into the lives of regular Christians and the practices they use. The study revealed clear evidence of the benefits of keeping regular and consistent um, spiritual practices. Christians who regularly and intentionally practice spiritual disciplines, particularly Bible reading, prayer, and being part of a small prayer or accountability group, exhibited the following. Sorry, it's a little bit small, that is, isn't it? Positivity, 
they were more likely to use positive words to describe themselves as disciples. Words like growing, learning and joyful. Great purpose. They reported having a clearer sense of God's purpose for their everyday lives and fruitfulness. They were more likely to regularly show grace and love to others, stand up for truth and justice and share their faith with others. Now, I just want to emphasise that I am not the world's best at living a disciplined, consistent, spiritual life. And I do think that this is where Satan can really nudge us and make us feel rubbish. So, I think we, we all need to have the approach that we are going to offer ourselves to God on a daily basis. And if it doesn't work in for us to spend a long time, I think the very act of offering ourselves daily is what is important. We mustn't um, allow ourselves to be limited in what we can do um, on a daily basis. At the same time, we all know there are times when it doesn't happen and let's not beat ourselves up about it. Let's just get back into uh, believing who we are and uh, how that just a second or two of submission to him on a daily basis is, is what we need to do. And I think also I'd like to just touch upon consistent spiritual practices as a group of believers. We're being consistent this morning, aren't we? We've come uh, this morning to meet together to worship. And as you know, um, we are uh, going to be starting up um, a fellowship group, um, primarily for this, this group here at Tyne Road, but it's not exclusively for us. And that's going to start up after um, Easter. Um, we'll let you know a time and date. And don't feel guilty if you, if you can't come, if it doesn't fit in with your routine, that's absolutely fine. But it's just an opportunity for us to get to know each other a little bit more. To spend some time talking over a cup of coffee and a biscuit and uh, pray together. Lift each other up and support each other. Um, and we've had times of, of meeting together for food, haven't we? Hopefully we'll do more of that. Um, I think next week or the week after there's going to be a fellowship lunch uh, up at, at Perry Street which I'm sure we are invited to also and those sort of consistent regular practices as a group of believers help us to get to know each other better and uh, be uh, built up into the body of, of Christ. We know that where two or three are gathered together in the name of the Lord. He is there in the midst of us. And let's look at this verse here, too, from Hebrews uh, 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Such strengths when we meet together. So just to recap, oh, by the way, um, my background, you might not like it, was a rainbow. I just think the background to all this is 
God's promise to us, that when we submit ourselves to him, where we have that promise that he's with us. So um, that's my reason for the rain, rainbow background. But let's just recap, shall we? Consistent, regular, spiritual practices. Praying at all times, in all ways, wherever we are. Reading God's word. Maybe you're the sort of person who likes notes. I sometimes use notes and sometimes, to be honest, I can, I, forgive me for saying this, but sometimes I get a bit fed up with the person who's writing them. Sometimes I think, I think I'd be better off just reading the Bible. Sometimes I find notes useful, um, but I think it's whatever suits you best. Maybe uh, a different translation of the Bible. Um, and then taking time out with God and doing nothing but being in his presence. And as we um, have just been looking at, meeting together with fellow believers, it, is, it was such a joy to praise today, wasn't it? Just to be led in worship and to be together singing the things that we believe in about our God. Meeting for fellowship, and being grateful to God. Now I just want to um, end by reading out this prayer. It's a prayer for the Ephesians actually, in Ephesians 3. Paul says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.